Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of CanadaLand is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. You can showcase your work, your blog, you can publish content, all with just a few clicks. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you are ready to launch, use the offer code CANADALAND to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is also brought to you by Second City. If you have ever been curious about what improv is all about... Go to the source. Second City is the best place in the entire world to try taking a class. Visit secondcity.com slash TC for more information about the Second City Training Center. This great story broke last week. It was discovered that the Harper administration had secret documents that identified mental health issues as a root cause of terrorism. 
That is highly relevant because, of course, Harper's administration was openly hostile to different approaches to fighting domestic terrorists. Harper did not want to try to understand radicalized Canadians as individuals. He did not want to look at what turned them into jihadis. He said, and this is a direct quote, he said he was not about to commit sociology. We were at war. And the answer was simple. The answer was to fight. It was to scale back privacy and the civil liberties of Canadians. It was to push spying legislation like Bill C-51. This was the policy. And and his MP, Pierre Polievre, similarly brushed aside, you know, warm and fuzzy thinking that we need to try to understand terrorists to prevent terrorism. He said no. He said that the root cause of terrorism is terrorists, period. And all the while their own research and their own internal documents were telling them that mental illness was a root cause of domestic terrorism and that stronger social structures might actually prevent it. But those documents were marked secret and hidden away from sight until last week when an access to information request dragged them into the public view in an exclusive story published by Press Progress. And that's the tricky part. Because while their story definitely qualifies as news, press progress to a lot of people does not qualify as a news organization. Guys, we are continuing our exploration on Canada Land this week of things that are not necessarily the news, things that that look like news when they pop up in your social news feed. You got a headline, you got an image, the whole thing is branded with a newsy looking logo, but things are not always what they seem. Press Progress does not sell subscriptions. They do not run ads. They are funded by a think tank that was founded by a former leader of the federal NDP. And they join me in a moment. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Jennifer Nantes, Jenny Hansen, Adria Minsky, Allison Garwood-Jones, Nicole McCreary, Sven Niklas Peterson, Wendy Ireland, and Alex Eddington. Hey, I'm Alex. I'm a composer and theater artist in Toronto. I support Canada Land because independent media should be fierce, funny, and free, and hold people's feet to the fire. I actually let my donations slide for a bit, but I came back to support this deep investigation into Thunder Bay that you are planning. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. 
They are not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. And this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. The new year is upon us. You may have been sitting on an idea for a new business, a new project. You may have been meaning to launch your own personal website. You've been putting all that off. Well, why wait until the new year? to put your plans into action. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. You get beautiful templates created by world-class designers and you put your own information in. It is easy and fun to turn this into a new and unique website. Showcase your work, your blog, publish content, just takes a few clicks. Customize everything from the look and feel to settings and products. It is all optimized for mobile right out of the box. You make one website, it works on desktop and mobile devices. You can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time, never have to install, patch, or upgrade anything ever. If you do have a question, they got great support. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code CANADALAND to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com, offer code CANADALAND. This episode is also brought to you by Second City. It is easy to get stuck in a rut, into a routine, socially or at work. Improv is for anyone who is looking to shake things up and get out of that routine. If you've ever been curious about improv, just go to the best place in the world to try it out. That is Second City. You can take a class. It is the same place where Tina Fey and Stephen Colbert and John Candy and Gildner Radner, they got their start in comedy through Second City. People are sometimes surprised to hear that improv isn't just about about being funny. Most people are not there looking to become a professional comedian, but what does happen is that the skills you learn in improv can work wonders when it comes to being a better listener, collaborating with others, being a better parent, a better partner, a better human being in general. There is so much you can get out of improv at any age. Classes at the Second City Training Center start as young as grade two, and they have students going on right up to 98 years of age. It is a very welcoming environment. You will meet new people, and you will be challenged to look at the world a different way and and consider how you relate to people in a different way. It's really beneficial. Check it out. Visit secondcity.com slash TC for more information about the Second City Training Center. My name is Luke Lebrun, and I am the editor of Press Progress. And uh, I'm Luke Savage. I'm a producer, staff writer with Press Progress uh, based here in Toronto. And Luke Savage, you're here with me in Toronto. And Luke Lebrun, you are in Ottawa. Luke, can you tell me what is Press Progress? Yeah, sure. So uh, Press Progress, uh, we launched in 2013. We're a digital media project of the Broadband Institute, and we cover politics from uh, a critical angle. Uh, the origin story of Press Progress uh, is basically that there was this feeling amongst progressives uh, that uh, the Fraser Institute and the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and these sort of right-wing uh, advocacy groups were getting a lot of uncritical uh, print in the uh, newspapers, 
And so there was this idea that they wanted to have uh, kind of this rapid response uh, fact-checking unit that would respond to them basically in real time. Um, the other part of that is that uh, the left-wing media landscape in Canada tended to be a little bit more uh, focused on social movements, and it was a little bit more introspective and opinion-oriented. So there was this idea that we would be um, more externally focused, more fact-based, more um, dedicated to, uh, you know, sort of challenging directly the ideas put out by right-wing groups like the Fraser Institute. If I'm hearing you right, you saw right-wing and right-wing funded institutions getting a lot of press coverage. So, okay, if they can do it, we'll do a countermeasure and, and maybe one that has some interesting distinctions that we can explore. But that, that uh, it seems like we're describing the same origin story, no? Yeah, I'd say that's sort of a fair assessment. But unlike a uh, a place that positions itself as a think tank, which for reasons just explained might be its own form of uh, subterfuge, you know, and then tries to get earned media, tries to get traditional media, press progress is, well, why don't we be the media? We'll launch a news site. And uh, press progress, I think to many people, it shows up on your Facebook news feed as another news outlet, like a new online news outlet. And the the tagline I read here is Canada's most shared source for progressive news and information. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the Fraser Institute tends to operate by, you know, they will they'll produce reports and they kind of get covered in the media. And as you said, we operate more like a traditional news site. I mean, we're trying to make the news as well as just respond to it. What does that mean? You're trying to make the news as well as respond to it. Like you're trying like make the news in the way that uh, releasing a poll or a report generates a news story. Well, and also in doing our own investigative work and then having that be picked up by the media writ large. Another important element to point out is that our founding editor, uh, her name was Sarah Schmidt. She was a former consumer affairs reporter with the Ottawa Citizen. Her influence is actually really hardwired into our DNA because we try to approach news in this sort of uh, fact-based way where we're doing that investigative work, we're filing access to information requests, and doing sort of enterprise reporting in much the same way as the Ottawa Citizen did when she was working there. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a moment then. So, like, essentially you're kind of uh, pointing to your journalistic uh, bona fides, and credit has to be given where it's due. You, you guys do break stories. You can brag a bit if you want for a minute. What, what are some stories that you're proud of that Press Progress is? Well, I, I would say, um, you know, our coverage of The Rebel uh, recently, which I know Canada Land has also done a lot of. That's a file we've worked quite diligently on. Um, one of the things I'm proudest of is the work we've done to just fact check a lot of the conservative movement in this country and, and its outlets. A good example would be the Fraser Institute's Tax Freedom Day which, you know, for years, this is a really good example of the kind of media environment that we, we were in as a, as a country, and I think to some extent still are in. Uh, the Fraser Institute would produce this Tax Freedom Day report, uh, which really suggested and was reported on by outlets like the Toronto Sun that uh, the governments were just taxing us up the wazoo and... Um, you know, the average family was paying a huge percentage of its income in taxes. At the Toronto Sun, even one year, ran an editorial which 
uh, almost seemed to be suggesting, you know, uh, that there was going to be some kind of revolt if this wasn't dealt with. But, you know, we, we uh, you know, we dove into the methodology and um, we, we really, you know, didn't think it was sound. We also dove uh, into how the media had covered it. Um, and we created a sort of metric for looking at did a did a mainstream media outlet mention that the Fraser Institute is right leaning, for example? Did it simply repeat lines from the executive summary verbatim? Did it include any kind of contrary perspective from you know a labor or a, or a left perspective? Um, and we found that there was a very real change uh, from one year to another after we did that investigation and how the media covered that story. So I think that's a really good example of the type of work we do in action. You guys also do stuff that plays well over social. I mean, you know, uh, I think I think a lot of people encounter you over social and you boast that you're the most shared source for progressive news and information. Is that like a Facebook metrics kind of a boast? What's that based on? Yeah, that's right. It's it's all publicly available information, but you can find the number of shares for any given uh, article or news outlet if you uh, look at uh, Facebook's you know, like the the public information that they have on that. Um, generally, our stories get between one or two thousand shares for a sort of lower performing story. Sometimes, I mean, recently we had a story about uh, a conservative MP, uh, MLA in Alberta who said that legalizing marijuana would co- lead to a communist revolution. That was shared over sixteen thousand times on Facebook, I believe. And I think it's mainly just a result of having good stories, good headlines, you know, packaging it well and uh, and telling the kinds of stories that people want to share with their friends and family and coworkers. So you add it up, add up your shares compared to other progressive news sources and you guys win. Lucky for you, there are hardly any progressive news sources in Canada. <laughs> I guess it's like you versus the rabble uh, ricochet. I'm sure some people would put us on that list, but I, I, I would not necessarily. So, uh, okay. So, yeah. And I, I think part of the reason for that too, is that, uh, some of those websites kind of came about maybe a decade ago before social media really kind of, uh, took off. So we're a little bit more geared towards that social media mindset. Okay. So Luke in Ottawa, you know, it was, it was the first thing you said when I said, you know, what is this? You mentioned that this is a project of the Broadbent Institute. That's not hidden. That's on your website. It's at the it's at the bottom of your website, but it's at the it's on the website. The Broadbent Institute, I believe, is where I'm reaching you now, and that's who signs your paychecks. What is the Broadbent Institute? First of all, it's an independent organization. Uh, it is chaired and was founded by Ed Broadbent, who is a former NDP leader. But as opposed to the you know the political party, we focus more on the battle of ideas and sort of more of this ideological plane of of politics. The Institute does all kinds of work, uh, you know, everything from training for community-based activists to sort of more policy, let's say, uh, research, and uh, it plays a convening role. It hosts events that bring together different progressives. I think that a good way to think of it is sort of as um, sort of a convener of the progressive movement more generally. So, you know, bringing together people from labor, from the environmental movement, from uh, social, you know, activist groups and trying to sort of channel them into uh, making change on all levels of society. But is it an NDP think tank? Absolutely not. Yeah, there's no formal links between the party and the Institute. This is an email that a listener sent me some time ago. Okay. Uh, This listener wrote, I'm thinking about the Broadbent Institute's Press Progress newsroom and its ethics. Obviously, its ties to the NDP, my own party, are huge. 
former staff of Jack Layton working for it, plenty of NDP cash flowing through it, etc., all without transparency on their website. Yet somehow it's got a rather credible reputation within journalistic circles, seemingly. Meanwhile, their news stories often run parallel with NDP talking points and never criticize the NDP for non-progressive choices like supporting a west-to-east pipeline. Take issue with that? I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot that I would take issue with in that. I mean, for one thing, uh, Press Progress and the Institute more generally, you know, they're rooted in social democratic values. I think sometimes people confuse um, having, you know, an ideological and a value-based foundation with being partisan in the sense of, you know, a political party. Um, so, I mean, the both, both the Institute and Press Progress uh, are, you know, off base with, uh, with the NDP quite frequently. I mean, a, a good example recently was the tax changes that Bill Morneau was talking about bringing in, you know, before he got uh, cold feet and all that. But I mean, we were fact checking the conservative talking points, Andrew Shear's talking points on those. Um, I mean, you know, certainly because, uh, you know, the NDP is a social democratic, it's, you know, the social democratic party in this country and the Broadbent Institute is rooted in social democratic values. I mean, of course, there are there are shared values, but, uh, you know, press progress and the Broadbent Institute operate independently of the partisan interests of any party in this country. You were saying that you strayed from the NDP on on, on which and that, that was a question I had is like like and, and that's in that listener's email is like when do you criticize the NDP? When do you contradict or scrutinize the NDP? So I, I didn't quite catch it. What what was the instance? The federal NDP was was critical of the tax changes that Bill Morneau was talking about bringing in, and the the institute you know was supportive of those changes. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, I mean, I run our story meetings every morning. We're making decisions based on what we think is going to be most relevant to the daily news cycle. Uh, what we think is going to get the most traffic, um, you know, or just things that we stumble across. I mean, we're not getting any kind of memos from anyone telling us to do this or that. We're just making decisions based on what we think our audience is going to be most interested in. I mean, maybe it's just a natural parallel that, that you know, the NDP has long uh, supported, say, abolishing the Senate. Mulcair ran on that. Press Progress had a story, uh, is it time to abolish the Senate? LNG company shuts down Jason Kenney's false theory, blaming BC NDP for canceled LNG project. That's one of your headlines. Official petition demanding Trudeau honor electoral reform promise gets a record number of signatures. On a day-to-day basis, Press Progress's coverage seems to support NDP. It's, it's parallel with NDP positions. It's it's running in the same direction. And, and Well, I think those examples you just gave are parallel with kind of what I would take to be progressive and social democratic positions. Yeah, I mean, I can also I can also point to examples where we, you know, for example, we're defending Kathleen Wynne against kind of homophobic uh, attacks against her from these sort of social conservative groups. You know, I mean, if uh, conservatives abandon bad ideas and embrace ideas that we agree with, we're happy to you know, highlight that. For example, with the rebel media uh, stories that we were doing, uh, we ran a story where Michael Chong went on the record to us and told us that, you know, he denounced rebel media as this uh, anti-Semitic uh, white supremacist organization. So we're more than happy to run stories like that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and why not? And that was good. And I think you guys didn't. You were the the first to bring up like let's let's call up the rest. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I, I don't really know what political party wants to wade into some of these issues, right? I mean, it's not really in their self interest, but it's in our interest because we're working on this more ideological uh, level. But to, to to that specific example, 
based on Michael Chong denouncing the rebel, you called up other conservatives and asked them if they would denounce the rebel too. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Did you call up any NDP politicians and ask them the same thing? No, because the premise of that story was that we made a list of all the conservative MPs who had appeared on rebel media. And then we asked them if they were, uh, if they disavowed. Yeah. I guess I feel like there might be an obstacle in this conversation. Like think tanks exist because parties have limitations on what they can do. And I'm sure that you would be the first to point out that the Fraser Institute can carry water for conservative party, conservative interests in ways that the party itself and its candidates and, and its politicians cannot. And shedding light on that and then the impact of that in the press is something that Press Progress does on the daily and quite well. But that's got to reflect back on the Broadband Institute as well. I mean, how can the Fraser Institute be, you know, some sort of a policy laundering messaging center, uh, third party, you know, and, 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 you know, like efforts are taken to make sure that those lines are not, you know, no one's calling anybody up in a way that, you know, would come out, hopefully. Well, listen, but, but, but everyone yeah. understands that, that there's a lockstep there. I'm not even saying that what you're doing is, is wrong. It's almost more just that I want, I want to get clarity as to why you're doing it and who's doing it, you know? You know, I think think tanks and alternative media play an important role in kind of adding texture where the mainstream media, the legacy media really isn't. I think we need to be careful here about both sidesism because I think the important qualitative measure is, you know, you might be rooted in a value system, but are you also rooted in in facts? Are you rooted in objective reality? If you look at our coverage of some of the Fraser Institute's reports, it really looks like they begin from, I mean, every one of their reports seems to begin from the premise that taxes are at an all-time high, public spending is at an all-time high, and then they figure out, you know, they have an ingenious number of ways of making, um, de- depicting that by kind of torquing data and things like that. And and we we really try to root ourselves as much as we can in objective reality. And I mean, we do take the view that... Um, you know, the facts support a social democratic and a progressive perspective on on the world. So, I mean, with regards to the Fraser Institute, with regards to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, um, the Manning Center, there is a conservative movement out there. We've never suggested that they are operating in lockstep with the Conservative Party of Canada. In many ways, I think they are actually trying to steer their political party of, you know, that represents them in the directions that they want. So they're trying to wield influence within their own party. They're trying to influence larger society as a whole. But there is, you know, th- there's a difference between the movement and the political party, and it's a really important distinction. I would say with us, you know, we're working within the progressive movement as a whole. That's where I would locate us. I don't think that overlaps with any one political party 100% of the time or even. of the time. Candace progressive movement has a different uh, character, I'd say. I mean, you'll find progressives in the liberals and the greens just as well as you will in the NDP. So, uh, you know, I think that's basically the, that's the audience that we conceptualize as we write our stories and who we are writing to. Luke Savage, to speak to your point about the distinction being that when they do it, they're not necessarily fact-based and when you do it, you are. I mean, that's a a relevant distinction. But I I would say that there's a greater distinction when you're talking about not how well you do it or how honestly you do it, but why you're doing it. And you guys call yourself a news site, and I can't dispute that you have broken news stories and investigated news stories. But the conceit of news and journalism is that your mission is to inform people about what's happening in the world. Here's the news. And 
if you're motivated by a goal of influencing how people vote or what they think about an issue, or you're trying to amass a critical mass of like a political organizing, uh, any of those interests are not the same as the interest of a news organization. You can still do news, but what you're trying to do is advance a political position. And it does seem to me that Press Progress is trying to advance a political position more than it's waking up every day and saying, okay, what's a hot news story that might have an impact on what you cover? And, and you know, with all respect due to the Morneau point you brought up earlier, I haven't seen Press Progress take a strong critical stand against the NDP. And, you know, I mean, it, it does feel like it is trying to further the interest of, of a political party. Is that like super unfair? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would dispute the last point. But I, I mean, I think the question, I mean, I, I take the question seriously and I think it's a, a really interesting, uh, but ultimately kind of a philosophical one, because it depends on what your idea of, you know, what you think objectivity means. No, right? it's not philosophical at all. If, if, it's, it's, if there's somebody who sees Press Progress in their newsfeed and thinks, oh, here's a news site, and they don't know that it's linked to the Broadbent Institute, and they don't know or believe that the Broadbent Institute has anything to do with the NDP, and they just think it's another online news site like a Canada Land. Like, I was interviewing a guy named Jeff Ballingall, who is, uh, what, I, I think we called him a shit poster on our site, but he runs Ontario Proud and, and, and BC Proud, these, these Facebook pages that are absolutely about bashing Kathleen Wynne. And whatever I have to say about his content, he tells me I'm not a journalist. I am a registered political advertiser. Right. Is that not more honest than what you guys are doing? No, we're an independent organization that operates on a nonprofit model and we use evidence and we don't get up every morning thinking how do we advance the partisan interests of a particular party. It's just what I was what I was trying to get at before is I think that you know, you're always making decisions, you're always making qualitative judgments, whether whether you're doing hard reporting or you're doing, you know, the kind of advocacy journalism that we do. I mean, the choice to report something or not report something and report one thing and, as opposed to something else, there is a value judgment in that. And, I, you know, this is something that I think uh, Canada Land in particular is, has done a really good job um, you know, pointing out over and over again, sometimes, you know, uh, legacy media, it can be a little bit too smug about how it how it sees its role in, in operating, you know, this domain of capital, this idealized domain of capital T truth and capital O objectivity. As a news consumer, you know, and as somebody who's read a little bit about the birth of news, I don't really have a problem with partisan news, you know, like, I, like there's always been a uh, soft partisan affiliation of different news organizations. And, you know, I, I always wish that was more honest. But if you go back far enough, it was an overt, explicit partisan affiliation. And, you you know, if you have different party-affiliated pamphleteers and, and uh, cartoonists just smacking the hell out of each other every day through that sometimes ugly process, the truth can come out. It's not the worst way to learn everybody's dirty laundry. And... I wouldn't mind if it was not called Press Progress, but it was called NDP Today or Press Progress <laughs> by the NDP. Like well, I, I would mind it because it would not be an accurate reflection of, of what we do. It's true that partisan pamphleteering, you know, really predated the modern mass media as we know it. Part of what we're dancing around here is the multifaceted meanings of, of the word partisan, because I think you can be partisan for ideas or you can be partisan for particular institutions or particular interests. The type of partisan news, which is really unhelpful is the kind which is not uh, based in any kind of clear set of values or value system, but uh, simply shifts based on whatever the institutional interests of its kind of chosen team are. I mean, an a really extreme example would be something like InfoWars, right? 
Paul Joseph Watson, the Prison Planet guy. He had a he had a video uh, a few weeks ago where he was talking about. Uh, the hypocrisy of Democrats around, uh, you know, why are Democrats pro-pedophile? And then a couple of days later, when the Roy Moore thing broke, it, it was uh, the new left-wing sexual Puritans. I mean, that's like he's not even pretending to be ideologically consistent. It's not even pretending to exist. In fact, it, you know, the worst kind of partisanship. Yeah, my and, team is right no matter what. Right. And, yeah. and behind that, you know, there's a whole operation that's, you know, exists to sell you you know, super male vitality potion and elixirs to inoculate you against cultural Marxism or whatever. You know, it's just a total sham. So hmm. uh, is that in pill form or is that like a vape liquid? I imagine there's a couple different. Uh, you should check out Infowars.com for more information. I will. I will have a look at that. Are you suggesting maybe that we're kind of like returning back to those days of the early partisan pamphleteering? I think there's a sense in which uh, we are, although, you know, those days really predated what we now think of as kind of the the modern mass media. And I think what's happening now is there's a little, there is a little bit of a breakdown in, you know, capital O objective, you know, mainstream uh, media. And I, I would say that part of the reasons for that, you know, um, I know Canada land has kind of explored them, but I, I think one of the reasons is that uh, the mainstream press is not actually producing a product people actually want to read. And that's particularly true of a lot of political, you know, if you look at the the op-ed pages of a lot of big newspapers, I frankly don't think they're very interesting. And if you're a person that's interested in politics, you're interested in ideas, or you're interested in public policy, you'd much rather go to uh, a press progress uh, or something like that, or even, you know, a Jacobin magazine or 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 whatever, depending on your political proclivity, um, than you would reading like the op-ed pages of the New York Times or, or the Globe and Mail. Yeah. And, you, you know, you, the, I think that you guys understand the new space better than the old players do. And, you know, uh, 96,000 likes on Facebook, you're almost as much as the NDP party itself. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the storied Globe and Mail is something like 600,000 likes, which is a lot more than you. But given how new you guys are, it's not like you're in another league entirely. And there are two of us. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of remarkable. And, and we're seeing this play out, you know, in, in my aforementioned, in my other conversation with uh, Jeff Bellingall of the Ontario Proud, BC Proud websites, he's actually beating them. And so it seems like new players who understand this space are actually able to, if we're going to measure this in just mind share, just like what people are reading every day or looking at, a relatively tiny operation like yours can do just as well or better than massive legacy news organizations, which is, you know, exciting and terrifying. Another point that I would make is, uh, you know, the internet has introduced all kinds of changes to the media landscape. And I think there, I think a helpful way of thinking of it is as this media ecosystem where different people are working in different niches, uh, trying to do different kinds of things, responding to different kinds of challenges. And I mean, I think the way to judge that is what the sum, you know, product of all those different entities working in their own areas uh, produces. One organization, like the Fraser Institute, will put a think tank, and then uh, the Toronto Sun might take their story and, and publish it. And then, uh, you know, an organization like ours will fact check it, and then other news organizations might do their own fact check based on that. And so you see this sort of. Uh, you see a sort of a chain of events uh, evolve, and that's basically how public discourse, I think, is is working in uh, you know in this new space. Yeah, that's a really good point, and it's interesting that uh, for all of the kind of um, dreamy notions of collaborative journalism that I remember from like five or ten years ago, it's playing out. There is collaborative journalism, but it's not some wonderful you know, let's all hold hands and you've got, you know, citizen journalists, you know, filtering it up to the pros. You have sometimes radically opposed partisan interests, bloggers, uh, people on Twitter, 
shoving information. I remember when I reported on Mansbridge giving paid talks to the oil industry, one of the people who there was, there were two people on Twitter who were finding really good information about that. One was an anti CBC right winger, and one was an environmentalist guy who who hated the uh, the petroleum uh, industry. And they were both feeding information that that supported this story that Canada and then went with further and, and confirmed the uh, the payment. Which was also uh, after the Rex Murphy incident, which was a story that Press Progress broke. Well, we're all in this together. Nice to be working with you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thanks a lot. That is your Canada Land Show. Email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read what you send me. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Next time you're on Facebook, why not search for Canada Land and hit like on our page? That is a way to make sure that you catch our news stories. You can also just go to canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. This episode was produced by Kevin Sexton. Syndication is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. 
A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.